Welcome everyone to the Rope and Oak Room here in East Philadelphia. My name is Lewis Marks and this episode is dedicated to an interview with trumpeter, Philadelphia native, Mr. Paul Geis. Paul has a new album titled Hymns Volume 1 uh, with, a, with a caption of uplifting songs for perseverance. And we met Paul through the great Jamaluddin Takuma, who's credited as producer on this record. When Jamaluddin Takuma sends you music, you listen. So we'd like to go across the river to the real Philadelphia, to West Philadelphia, and say hello to Mr. Paul Geis. Paul, how are you? I'm doing great, Lewis. And I got to say, I know some people will say, I grew up in Westchester, so some people, will, I, but I've been living in Philly since 2013. Ah, okay. So not a Philadelphia native. Well, I, I'm I'm officially welcoming you as a Philadelphia native. Thank you. Thank you. I'll leave it at that. Um, I just want to adjust real quick as we are working without a tech person. We're going to switch this over to speaker view a little bit. No, you know what? I think we're going to go back to gallery view. I like it like that. So, Paul, Hymns Volume 1, um, that always leaves the question. There are more volumes to come. Yes. Yeah. The uh, this music was recorded and we had a day booked in the studio before the pandemic. And the second day in the studio was booked for someday later in March. That was, you know, we weren't able to get together. So I'm looking forward to continuing this uh, this project. Wonderful. Wonderful. Um, if you could tell me a little bit, let's start, you know, back at the beginning, I, I always, you know, we, we are connected to so many different musicians around the world and everyone has, uh, you know, uh, an, a unique story of how music came into their lives. Can you set the stage for me of what it was like for you growing up and when you started to, to, to dig into music? Yeah, I mean, I got into music at a very young age. I was uh, actually started with Suzuki Piano. And both my brothers and sister uh, played Suzuki piano before me. So uh, if you know anything about the method, they, part of it is, also, is a lot of listening to the music and learning through listening to those recordings. So those, you know, Suzuki book one, book two, book three was on in the house a lot when I was young. Hmm. Can you pretend, well, assume that I know nothing, which is pretty close to the truth. Uh, and break that down for me because I mean, I've, I've heard it referenced before, but I have no idea what Suzuki piano is. Yeah. Well, I'm not a, uh, I wouldn't consider myself, a a, like an expert in the method, but I, but the way you, the way you learn the music is a lot by listening. So the teacher gives you, you know, music to listen to, you have your first piece and you, you listen to it a lot and you have the music, the sheet music in front of you, but it puts a big emphasis on the importance of learning by ear. Hmm. hmm. And so your parents introduce you to this, uh, you know, when you. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, my siblings were playing those songs around that house, but before, before I started playing. Ah, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Were your parents musicians at all? Did they play? They they're play? not they're not although you know my dad does my dad has taken some violin lessons in adulthood and he loves to sing in the church choir um i would i would say they they enjoy music but but uh i would say it's a first for to have a musician in the family that's great that's great uh your parents are probably of a generation i'm certainly of a generation where uh i don't want to say that music was discouraged 
but as an occupation, uh, there were some, there were some rational, quite rational comments, seemingly irrational at the time about what your future might be if you become a musician. So, yeah. um, so you mentioned the church. So how does it spread out from your household into the community? Is the church the pathway to to your music education? Further? Yeah, it's interesting for me. Bringing church into my music happened more in adulthood. I mean, there was music in church, but maybe not in the traditional way that folks think of church music. Um, I would say, but, you know, the church that I grew up in, a Unitarian Universalist church, was very influential on 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 my thinking. Um, it's a non-denominational church that really gave me the ability to decide on my own what I believed and what what values I had. Um, so part part of a coming age of age um, program at that church was about studying other religions to help develop my own spiritual ideas. Interesting, interesting. Um, that would be the closest to how I was raised, which was complete absence of religion, uh, and then you know started the path of searching and wanting to learn about this thing that we weren't involved in so i ended up doing a taking a similar path and studying other religions um it's, it's not a bad thing to to find the commonality and also sort of cherry pick the things that resound with you from, from yeah absolutely it, it definitely um it, it's been very formative for how i think it, it allowed me to you know follow some study of, of buddhism and meditation and also take things from from any religion where I see, oh, this this works for my belief set and how I want to live my life. I can I can use what uh, what I feel like is is helpful. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's great. Um, so so you weren't really playing. There's not there's not a community around you in the church that's encouraging playing like people would you know often think of. Uh, we we there was a choir and we did sing in the church. I guess, I guess, you know, most people, when they think of church music, they go to, go to gospel and um, have a certain, you know, a certain idea of, of church music. And my music in our church was just was was not that. So I guess I didn't want to confuse people, you know. Understood. Understood. So where where did you find other uh, players uh, and begin to sort of not just practice on your own, but start to, to be absorbed into, you know, or involved with uh, a larger music community. Yeah, that's, I mean, that for me started in school. So in middle, I started playing trumpet in elementary school, you know, and my, in middle school, there was a, a jazz band that met before school and I really did not like waking up early. Uh, so my mom said she'd like, she'd give me a dollar a week for, for allowance if I went to jazz band in the morning. So Your first paid gig. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So yeah, you know, that developed, I, I did marching band in, in high school and, and that developed into me wanting to, wanting to go to school for music, you know? Great. And where, where did you attend? Yeah, I went to James Madison University in Virginia and then I went to Louisiana State. Interesting. A different different route than we're accustomed to hearing. Are the, are those are those known programs? Uh... Um, they I would say they're growing programs. You know, I 
you know, when I was auditioning for college programs, I, I didn't have the skills to get into some of the more traditional schools you might see. So I, I, I definitely see myself who's like continued to develop as a musician through adulthood. Um, hmm. It's interesting. And, Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, and, and I also feel like I developed a lot out of school at the Clef Club. You know, I started teaching and working there. So the, the, there's, you learn a certain thing in school, and then when you get in the real world, you have to learn something else. And, and that's been really valuable for me. Isn't that the truth? Uh, yeah, that's not just that applicable to music. Uh, sure. Yeah, um, I, I I was kind of digging in that range about those about the about the schools because um, first of all, the title of the album hymns, um, and second, um, I hear I don't I don't. I'm hearing a little bit of the South. I'm hearing some tradition that's not the standard jazz tradition. Am, am, I, am I correct? Yeah, I would say, um, and man, you know, those schools that I went to did have, they had strong programs that did me really well. So I don't wanna, my teachers, I really value my teachers. I don't want, wanna, you know. Sure, sure. Just cause it's not Manhattan School of Music, there are great programs everywhere. And I really, I really uh, valued JMU and Louisiana State. Um, but with what you're talking about, you know, when I was, before I went to Louisiana, I was actually really into more avant-garde kinds of music. I was really into musicians like John Hollenbeck or Dave Douglas. Um, and then I went to Louisiana, honestly, sort of thinking that Louisiana style music was sort of corny sometimes and Louis Armstrong was corny and then you know you get there and the music's infectious and you can't really deny how deep it is and you can't really deny how the roots of the music that we're playing are there in Louisiana mm -hmm. um, and that the roots of what we're playing is in Louis Armstrong's music so so I sort of have like a combination of a couple of different influences from from different places in life you know it's exactly what, what I was hoping to hear, you know, because that that's the, one of the things that I think um, in popular culture or, ma or mainstream culture is often missed is that there's a path and there there's experience and there are influences and that changes what you're going to create. Uh, it, you know, some people think it you just it's, and 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 a lot of people will say this in interviews. It's like a jolt of lightning from above, and I wrote this song, you know, and it's like it just kind of came from some intergalactic place, and that might be true for, you know, a couple of Bob Dylan songs, but um, you know, I'm not sure that's the case all the time. That e even if it is, there's that filter, and that filter is your experience. And I'm, I'm glad you said that because I, I did feel something a little bit different in, in the style on this album. You mentioned the Clef Club and I want to point out in, right here in the interview that um, this is obviously something dear to your heart uh, because in the first month, I believe we're going we're gonna to do uh, proceeds going to the Clef Club to support. Do you want to talk about that a little bit and what that's about? Yeah, so I've been working at the Clef Club uh, five or six years now. I started out as a, as a teaching artist and more recently, the last year or two, I've been doing a lot more uh, administrative help as a, the education coordinator. I'm working under 
the artistic director, Levitt Hines, who is really, I consider a master educator, you know, people who have come through the either, you know, Mr. Hines education or the Clef Club include folks like uh, Christian McBride, Joe DeFrancesco, Jaleel Shaw, more recently, Emmanuel Wilkins, uh, Justin Faulkner. Really, the list is the list is too long to really fathom. <laughs> um, well, that's that community. Each one, teach one. You know, these these kind of structures are really important for development, right? Yeah, and I know working there, I've I've developed and learned so much from Mr. Hines, um, and from the teachers and from the students there, and I. You know, it's important that we are supporting these arts institutions and that that our community supports them because they they offer a real value to, to our community here in Philadelphia and beyond. How, how have they been handling, uh, you know, the COVID situation and lockdown? Yeah, we our education programs going strong. We have a, a classes every Saturday. Um, you know, if anyone's interested in classes, there's a registration form that's free on our website. Um, you, you get to study with people like Bobby Zankel and Monette Sudler and Richard Hill. Uh, it's a it's really a incredible uh, faculty there at the Clef Club. Well, do you know that website offhand? I, I should have it handy, but I don't. Have yep, it. it's it's clefclubofjazz.org. Great, great. Uh, yeah. I want to get there and learn a little more. We've crossed paths a little bit, but not not much. And I like, uh, you know, hearing your your uh, enthusiasm and endorsement is, uh, you know. Yeah, I know a Ropa Dope artist performed there before the lockdown. Jonathan Scales did a performance the year before. Great, great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. Um, we need to do more, and and you know, especially in times like these. Um, super important to try to connect more communities and and you know build the strength of that network so i will definitely reach out so let's let's pivot um and talk about first of all jamaladeen takuma Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm speechless. Okay. <laughs> we'll just go like this, right? Right. Composure is the is is what comes to mind. Um this 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 man uh seems to understand it and is just perfectly composed. Uh, at all times. Uh, I want to be like him when I grow up. <laughs> Strong Absolutely. and calm and quiet. Yeah. Absolutely. And always dressed to the nines. There is, he is clearly uh, the most fashionable in the world of Rope It Up. I might get a little bit of a kickback from Christian Scott on that one, but uh, <laughs> I think, I think Jamaluddin is going to, going to get, for the win on that. Um, so how did you two connect and, and how did it come about for him to produce the record and work with Jonas? Yeah, for uh, Jamal and I first met, I'm sure some way through the Clef Club. Um, I can't exactly pinpoint when I first met him. It was probably a show, one of the show he was, shows he was putting on there. 
Um, and then, you know, he has, he's got the red carpet room mm -hmm. where he's selling his, his, uh, his clothing and his fashion. And I said, you know, well, let me go buy some clothes from this guy. Cause he's, he's like a jazz legend. It's like, I'll, I'll get some clothes and, and maybe, maybe if I like, I'll get like a few nuggets of wisdom from him, you know, and he, he started, he honestly started getting me to think about the clothes I was wearing differently. And he, you know, he really is passionate about fashion in just the same way he is about music. You know, he knows all the brands. He, he's, I, I went there and he had like, he had a runway. He had like a fashion show playing on his TV. He's like so into it. Um, so I started learning more about that. And, you know, I, I like snuck in a question about Ornette that, that first time I met him and he was super gracious with me. And when it came, he saw that I was recording this music. He said, he, you know, he said, Paul, Hey, let me, you know, he talked about producing it and, and he, you know, he took me under his wing and, and has been incredibly helpful and, you know, has has really been a mentor to me that you know if i'm like have a question about something or i'm struggling with something and i you know i try not to bug him too much but i i do occasionally call him and he's he's able to put my head on straight you know mm. i do i do and and i and i have to say I, he inspires me to up my game uh i come from the clothing business uh not at the level that that he is uh and I've, and I've always said that there's something so fundamentally important about how you dress. It's like, you know, the, it's the first decision you make when you go out into public. Right. And it's, it has, right. So much, it has so much to do with your own sense of yourself and it can feed back that, you know, you dress well, you feel better. Uh, and you know, you get different responses from people. It's really, it's really fascinating. Yeah. So um, let's let's just focus in on the music. Can you tell us um, just a bit about the, the you know the album? Is it is is this a concept from start to finish? Uh, is it a collection of songs? And and what's your what's your inspiration and motivation in the process of making it? Yeah, I guess I'll start with the the inspiration started. I, the first album I made, You Sweet You, which I released in 2015, uh, I bookend with songs that we opened and closed with in church. So we always opened with This Little Light of Mine, and we closed with I, this song, I Take Delight in the Peace. And they were my favorite uh, favorite recordings off of that album. So I said, well, let me, you know, these are my favorite recordings that I've been getting. You know, I had some support from that church community in releasing that music. I, so I said, let me do some more of that. Um, so I, instead of going the route of writing more original music, I said, let me make a writing challenge for myself and, and write arrangements that I think are interesting to these to songs out of the church's hymnal, hmm. um, which, you know, if you go through the, the Unitarian Universalist hymnal, it's actually got a wide variety of sources that it pulls from. So you know, there's some African-American spirituals, there's some Irish melodies, there, there's a Transylvanian hymn that's on the album. Um, so I really just, I, I paged through the hymnal to find things that I, that inspired me and that I felt like I could, I could write to, you know? 
Hmm. Hmm. I, I, I'm at a loss, not, not having full church experience, but uh, when you talk about them coming from different places, do, do you have a sense of the origins, like, and, 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 and how they came to be church songs, or, or, or are these songs originating in the church? Um, I, I guess I wouldn't be able to speak to exactly how they selected the songs for this hymnal. Okay. Um, I, I believe the title of the hymnal is In a Living Tradition. Okay. Uh, I, having spent so much time looking at it, you think I would have memorized the title of the, the hymnal by now. But um, You were thinking about bigger things. Yeah. Oh, I was like di digging into the details of the music, you know. Um, but, you know, Unitarian Universalism has, has an interesting history. Um, here in Philadelphia, there's a, a there's a a minister who is an advocate for abolition early on. Um, you know, being is definitely. I guess I see Unitarian Universalism as a is a a brother or sister to Quakers. Uh, has you know a little diff. I would say definitely different values than you know your traditional Christian church because it, you know, it has a, a more exploratory element to it, I think. I never did very well with people just tell me what to believe as a result of this, or just tell me what to do in general, you know? <laughs> Here's I, a question. Do they dress better than the Quakers? I, no, you know, we didn't, we didn't dress up going to church. You know, we just, at least, I mean, I guess some people do, but I remember we would just go in regular clothes. I've, I've, I've been in and out of uh, some Quaker, I went to Quaker school as a kid and, you know, but I, I did find the, uh, did find the, uh, the fashion to be a little bit, <laughs> a little bit bland. Just to take it back to that, I had to interject there. Yeah, I mean, I was trying to get to the sense of like, and, and I guess people can listen and look up, you know, first of all, it's a great entry point for people um, who may not be familiar with some of the different cultures and that, that you that you reference, especially Transylvania, um, but it, but it's also a, a, a good reinvention and a new way to look at some of the songs if you came from one of those traditions and were used to a certain uh, style or this little light of mine. Your arrangements kind of open that up, I think, and make that interesting. But um, yeah, well, and I, and I'm writing. I'm, I'm I was picking songs that were not just that I felt like were specific to this you know the church i grew up in but things that everybody could relate to you know i i don't think you know i i wanted to to be writing things for everybody that 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 spoke to broader experiences you know i think it's evident and and it's really fascinating to me um you know there are a lot of questions right now across the world you know we've experienced an event that affected everyone um yeah. and there are a lot of questions, and to me, the, the core thing behind all the questions is, you know, what is of value? And right. I think you're finding value in, in you know, in, in these things and really sidestepping the definition, you know, of what we might socially think of Christianity or, or religion at this point and digging deeper for like, what, what's the real what's the real value in this? So I, I appreciate that. Uh, well, and I think there's a lot of people who are interested in the idea of spirituality, maybe separate from 
uh, uh, organized religion. I, I, right. You know, the idea of like spiritual but not religious has become more and more fashionable. Absolutely. I think, Paul, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. I know we can do more. Let's schedule a part two because I want to I shout out to our sponsors, uh, Conrail, who have decided that now is the time to uh, cut the grass by the railroad tracks. <laughs> Thank you, Conrail. Uh, that's, a, that's a Philly thing right there. You know, you know the railroad lines around here. There's always train cars and the grass has to be cut. Um, I want to remind everyone uh july 23rd is pre-order date and august 27th is release date for hymns volume one uplifting songs for perseverance that uh subtitle if you will is something that should motivate you to get right to it because uh i feel better just reading it um, <laughs> paul geis uh looking forward to digging in even more with this record it unfolds for me each time i listen and and uh i think my initial response to Jamal, which took quite some time because I've been trying to juggle a lot of things, but my response was, this is truly special, and I, I feel that way, uh, and I think people should, should check it out, so thank you for putting the beautiful music into the world and for spending some time with me. Thank, thank you. Guide my feet while I run this race Guide my feet while I run this race Guide my feet While I run this race For I don't want to run this race in vain Hold my hand while I run this race Hold my hand while I run While I run this race Cause I don't want to run this race in vain Guide my feet Guide my feet Guide my feet